Crone's getting a split. Maisie in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clear from Maisie. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Maisie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty for another week. My name, as always, is Mitchell Cashmore, but uh, not joined by Nick Holland this week. He is off in Victoria. We've shipped him off to a bit of a golf tournament with all the boys. I couldn't attend, unfortunately, but he is off representing the Mock Sports crew, and hopefully he comes back with the champion's jacket, so we wish him well. Uh, we have subbed in my brother, Will Cashmore. How are you, mate? Well, thank you, Mitch. It's about time. It's all I can say. Good luck to Nick, as you just mentioned, on that golfing tour of Victoria. It's called Subpar Masters. I'm one of the founding fathers of that tournament. I should have won the green jacket last time, but I'm, I'm slowly getting over it. But I'm looking forward to talking some racing this weekend with you. Yes, very good. Uh, now, so we'll have to introduce you to the punters fully. You haven't been seen in uh, on the airways of the Mock Sports since our the Mock Racing Club days. You joined us for one episode back in the day when we were doing... Yes, we were getting our mates on for a, sort of a revolving door of special guests each week to give their uh, tips. One week it was you, another week it was the Mock himself, Josh Gatt. Shout out to him. But uh, yeah, been a very long time, probably... Over a year, two years, actually. It's been long, so bear with me. Yes. One of my podcasting debuts, so bear with me. It might be a bit rough around the edges, but I'll try to provide a bit of entertainment and a bit of uh, intuition with the horses. Yeah, it's been two years and since he's been on our podcast. It's been probably about four years since he's been on his own podcast, if you remember him from the Cashmore New Days. News Days, sorry. Look that up on SoundCloud if you want an hour of fun times listening to a 15-year-old Will Cashmore talk. Uh, oh, more, 17. 17-year-old Will Cashmore talk sports news. Uh, it's actually quite a good listen if you like to hear five-year-old sports news, but uh, we'll get on with it. I'll ask you a few questions just so the punters can get to know you as a, uh, a better, as a form analyst, a, a budding form analyst. We can't really say that you're a professional because ne- neither are we, but uh, let's just ask you a few questions just so they know where you're at. Love it. Um, so, we'll start off with your favourite horse ever. Mine has to be very elegant, of course, uh, because I'm probably too young to say Winx because I wasn't really 18 by the time she was running around. Mum made us watch the races, but I still didn't really comprehend what was going on. So, very elegant's mine. What would you say your favourite horse ever is? Dad used to get the big big spreadsheet of all the Melbourne Cup runners out every Tuesday, first Tuesday in November morning. We'd always have to circle a horse. That was always good times. Of course. My favourite horse, I'm not as, you know, I don't have as broad a scope in my horse racing um, knowledge, but um, my favourite horse, a bit bit more left field, it's a horse called Frankie Pino, which races more out of Melbourne. It's, um, it's a short race, sorry, short distance sort of horse. I've had a few good wins on the punt with it. It, it flies home as fast as you've ever seen it. It usually wears the purple and white. I can't quite remember what trained it off the top of my head. It, it um, runs with, but uh, Madison Lloyd's been on a few times. Dean Holland as well. Great range of jockeys in Melbourne. One of my favourite horses. All right, very good. Very left field there. Not a superstar horse running under the radar. Oh, it will be one day. It will be one day. Well, we'll talk about the horses of today. What's a star right now going around? Your favourite horse at the moment going around in spring currently? Well, I mean, it's hard to choose just one, I think, but... It's actually a horse that's had a few good wins recently that just got scratched from the Everest, Snapdancer. I was actually really looking forward to watching it run 
in the Everest, but unfortunately it's pulled out. Hopefully it gets a few big races soon as after, well, I mean, as I said, it got scratched. Hopefully it gets a few big chances soon in races to come. But that would be one of my favourite horses running around at the moment. Oh, fair enough. Uh, if you're wondering punters, mine would probably have to be Nature Strip, another Everest contender. That's so that's so boring. Yeah, but Nature Strip is is a one of a kind Good horse, obviously. But like one and a generation sprinter, have to go him. Good horse. Um, I explained my favourite form factors a few weeks ago. Now it's your turn. Uh, when you're going through the bets, you're going through the markets. If it really comes down to it, and you're tossing and turning between two horses, what's the form factor that makes you pick one horse over the other? I mean, it's a tough question. I think they all are important, just as important if not like all together. I think it's really hard to have one without the other in terms of statistics you look at when trying to back a winning horse. But when I think about it, probably my, my most crucial factor is probably the distance. I think the distance is a really good indicator on the chances of a horse going to a race. If it hasn't raced at the distance, probably hard to be super confident on it. So probably the distance, and then obviously track distance, you know, if it's raced at that track at that distance as well is an added bonus. But yeah, distance-related statistics would be my most crucial factor. All right, very good. Now go through uh, your best punt. What was your best tip that you've probably ever put down on a tip sheet and it got up? I mean, I've got to say, sorry to be recent, but last week I backed Smoke and Romans in the Group 1 in Melbourne, and it had good form. And I just really liked it. Ethan Brown was on top, and it's been, he's been riding like a champion in Melbourne at the moment. And I think I got it at the 20s, $20 odds, you know. And I just, it led basically the whole way, came down the straight, and just never looked like losing. I was happy as Larry that I took the, uh, I had a bonus bet on it. I wish I had more on it, let me tell you. So, yeah. I'd say Smoking Romans last week. That would be my best punt that I can recall. All right, now for your worst punt, worst tip you've ever gotten out, worst loss on the punt. Uh, close your ears, mum and dad, for hearing this, but what's your worst of a punt? That's an easy one. I was playing squash with a few of my best mates not long, a couple yeah, last year, and uh, Espiona got to about $1.40. I was already down on the punt, and I thought, let's try and get back here. I put 200 bucks on him, 200 buckaroos, and he got third. I think it was Hinged who beat him, Mr. Mozart. No, it was um, Fangirl. Fangirl got him. Fangirl got him that day. Yeah, Fangirl and Hinge have been rivals of Espiano a lot. Um, he'll come up a bit later to Espiano. But yes, 200 bucks I chucked on Espiano when he was at about $1.40 one race last, late last year. Fair enough. Shows how much you know about horse racing. Espiano's a girl. Um, oh, yeah. That's and embarrassing. We'll move on from that, though. Your best ever horse racing memory. Mine would have to be Very Elegant winning the Melbourne Cup since Very Elegant's my, um, my favourite ever horse. What would yours be? I mean, I don't really have a favourite. You know, back here winner anywhere, anytime is always a good feeling. So I'm going to be boring and just say back on a winner. It doesn't really matter who I back, what their price is. If I back a winner, I'm happy. If it's obviously a big odds and I win a bit of coin, happier. But that'll do me. Fair enough. So now the punters should be able to gauge who you are as a person, who you are as a better, who you are as a tipster. So now let's crack on with some serious horse racing chat. Why not? Uh, as always, we'll start off with the review of last week's racing. And boy, oh boy, Nick and I, we were down there with a few of the other mock boys. Cooper, Monty, shout out to you. It's actually my girlfriend's birthday. Shout out to Claire. Shout we're out to Claire. Up, we're up there in the stables at Randwick watching the track from above. And boy, it was a party. Beers flowing, plenty of winners. We backed the first four on the card. Went on to back, I believe it was six out of ten on the card, seven on the day, including Private Eye down in Melbourne. 
Uh, even made friends with Peter Volandis there. We saw him passing by. Cooper went up to him and shook his hand. Pete. Got around him, the old Peter Volandis. So hopefully we can get him on the podcast soon. But um, let's just go through some of the standout runs from the day, especially from the two-year-olds. And it's safe to say, William, Nick and I do know our two-year-olds. Yeah, I don't, we, we were in all of following your descriptions and form on the Mock Sports Instagram page. So... Who's to say who knows their two-year-olds better? Well, to be fair, our top-rated horses all went brilliantly. Empire of Japan did exactly what he did in the trial that I went and watched. Home in 35.29 seconds in his final stretch. Is that race one or race two? Race one. Race that is that really, race really fast. It was one of the fastest splits of the whole meeting. But then he was outrun by Platinum Jubilee in the next one. Nick was on it. I was on Perfect Proposal. Thought it was home when it kicked back. But, gee, Platinum Jubilee ran out of its skin, out of nowhere. Yeah, was I was on Sicilian, who was leading about 100 to go, and the... Just stop running. I've never seen a horse stop as quickly and as slowly as that horse. Incredible. Yeah, Platinum Jubilee broke 35 seconds on the day, the only horse to do so. Two-year-old. Um, it also ran the final 212 seconds, which was also the fastest of the day by far. Like in any race? Yes, in any race. It was the fastest horse home on the day. And the most impressive thing about that run, in my mind, it was supposed to be a leader and actually came from the back. So serious, serious horse. And for those of you who want something to compare it to, it rated four lengths, I believe. Believe it was four lengths, or I'm not sure how quite far it was, but it definitely rated better on the rating scale than Cool and Gatter's win last year on day. Um, so we all know how good Cool and Gatter has gone on to be, so it looks like Platinum Jubilee has a big future. Not sure if we've seen the Golden Sipper winner yet out of those two races, but we've definitely seen two horses mark their territory, Great. and they're going to be strong, strong. I suggest that you could see a Golden Sipper Went straight away, I reckon. I mean, we all thought Colin Gatta was going to get it up earlier in the year after its big trials last year. And then, I mean, ran well, obviously, but it didn't win. So, can't go off too early, I don't reckon, on these two-year-olds. Let them let prog- progress. So. 100%. I've already had three bets. I've had Osmosis at 100 to 1. That's a great name. Plat- great spelling, too. Platinum, really exciting horse. Platinum Jubilee at 26s and Empire of Japan at a similar price. I've uh, just gone early because they were my highest-rated horses out of the trial, so I decided to put five bucks each way on them early, and they ran like it and did me proud, and they've all firmed in the market. Except for Osmosis, we haven't seen him hit the track soon. When are we expected to see him? Uh, I'm predicting maybe in the, uh, the Golden Gift in about a month's time. If not, there's another two-year-old handicap later on in the year. They are fun, two-year-old handicaps. They uh, are good fun. Yeah, the most... for punting, but good fun. Most exciting thing about... What came out of the weekend with the two-year-olds is Platinum Jubilee and Empire of Japan. Next time we see them face off, will most likely be in the Magic Millions. Against each other. Uh, well, they're both. I believe they're both Gold Coast Magic Millions buyers, so they Ooh. qualify. So if they Ooh. both go there, uh, if my research is correct, there could be one hell of a showdown in the Magic Millions two-year-old. Babe, we should go. Um, then the other big thing to talk about on the day was Dead Heat in the episode. Oh, ho, ho, ho. what a rip snorter that was. Loved it. Loved it. Yes, just over 150 years history in that race, just the third time it's ever happened, first in about 90 years, uh, and it was supposed to be a very, very disappointing Epsom. It's pretty crazy to but... three of them in 150 years. I mean, dead heats are very uncommon. Yeah, it's but... pretty incredible. You know, disappointing Epsom our ass. That was a thrilling race. The whole course was on the edge of their seats. We waited for a good five minutes. The horses waited out on the track. Uh, it was thrilling. It was suspenseful. It's everything you like in horse racing. I loved how the trainers came together during the process where they they, they were still trying to decide who who won the race or if it's going to be a dead heat. So it was very good to have them, you know, together. They're all both happy as Larry for each other, and it was exciting to see. Good for horse racing. Good result for horse racing, I reckon. Yeah, it was beautiful. Annabelle Nation running straight out there to get around Huey Bowman because of the uh, the run. 
Uh, yeah, very happy with Ellsberg getting its first mm-hmm. Group 1 win. Got We've been on that course uh, every start this podcast except for the last week, which, of course, it's the way it goes. Happened with Private Eye last year. Happened to Ellsberg this year. It looks like it's probably going to be one of those horses every year come spring where we just jump off them at the wrong time. hope so. But, um... Hope so. We're I mean, not hope that we jump on them in punting, but hope so. They creates a bit of a buzz, you know, it creates a bit of excitement. A horse we wouldn't expect getting up. Be exciting to see. Definitely. All right, mate. Enough chit chat. Let's get into what the punters came here for, and that's the tips. And before we get in that punters, uh, just gonna throw a shout out to Dabble, uh, Aussie owned bookie that is changing the game again. We'll I'm signed up, Dabble. I'm on. I'm in. Yeah, we've got Will on at Cash Train. If you want to follow him, I'm there. Uh, but if you want to follow us at the Mock Sports on Dabble, probably do that instead of following me. We've got over eleven thousand followers now on Dabble, and any bets that we mention in this podcast between me, Nick, Will, um, you'll be able to copy that with pressing a single button. Their copy bet feature will go straight into the bet slip. So any big multis, you don't have to go and find the markets. You just press copy bet and it's straight in that slip for you to put on as much money as you'd like. So join the ten thousand plus punters following at the Mock Sports on Dabble today. And if you haven't signed up yet, click the link in our show notes or just use the code the Mock Sports to let them know we sent you when signing up. Cool. All right, Will, as always, I like to start with the track uh, report for Randwick. Uh, ten races to go on Silver Eagle Day. Uh, the weather is just torrential in Sydney at the moment. The track is already in the heavy range, I believe. The rail is out uh, enormous eight metres. Oh, it's uh, bad. From the 1,000 metres to the winning post, out four metres for the remainder. They're trying desperately to protect that inside rail so it can go back to the true position for Everest Day. Fair enough, too. Um, slight chance it gets called. I wouldn't normally say that. Let's not think but slight chance it gets called purely because the Everest is next week and they do not want to wreck that track. What the heck are we going to do with our Saturdays if it gets called? But yeah, we'll go through these races as if it's going on. But uh, yeah, with the torrential rain, probably going to be a heavy 10. Oh, I'd think the so. The rail all the way out Minimum. could definitely be a leader's day. Maybe 20. Hopefully it plays fair, but we'll see on the day. I'm predicting leaders, and you'll see that with many of my tips. Uh, race 1, 1,600 metres. Very, very deep highway to kick off the card. Uh, what should... Already be a heavy deck, as we've uh, discussed. Going to be very, very messy, I think. The highway's messy is the best of times, alone on a bog of a deck. Anything could get up, really. It's a uh, bit of a dartboard uh, sort of race. I want something that's going to be up near the pace. Like I said, that's Reboville for me. Down in the weight, middle barrier, excels on the wet deck and seems to like the mile. I think we'll ping out of the gates, hold them out the whole way. And $13 to win and $4 to place is a price that you wouldn't be shaking your head at to start the day. Will, what's your thoughts on the highway? Did you say Reboville? I did. Rebo, sorry. With Robbie Dolan on top? I did. Yeah, kidding. I'm matching you. I also think Reboville, for m- m- many of the reasons you said, m- more so the last one, with that price, 12 bucks. I'm currently getting on Sportsbet, $3.70 a place. I'm probably with a... Um, I, I use Sportsbet personally, punters out there. Um, you might use whatever, but I'm a Sportsbet guy. I think Zafani's gaze is a decent chance with Brett Pebble on top. Brett Pebble's in town this weekend, punters. But I think Reboville, one of the bottom weights as well, carrying 54 kilos, a lot less than his competitors in that race. Got a good trainer as well. Like you said, I think it's at a good price, and I think it excels on wet tracks, wet tracks as you said. Likes the 1,600-meter distance, and I can see it getting up for Robbie Dolan to start race one. Lovely. And we go then to race two. Mitchell, thank you. We are going to move through to a 1,200-meter race to BM72 Midway. Now, I found this race pretty challenging to tip, Mitch. This was probably my hardest tip of the day. Um, didn't love a lot. Didn't like lots of what I saw. Mayrose isn't a bad horse in the first 
Number one, it's uh, in gate 11, Jason Collett on top. It's got the top weight, though, so I'm going to go away from that. I didn't mind, as a roughie, So Good, So Cool, written by Keegan, Keegan Latham. But, again, it's a pretty good price. Wide gate, don't think it would get up. I'm going to go with Verbeck. Again, Not for not much reason, should start up near the front. And Regan Bayless on top, paying 7 bucks at the moment. It raced well in its last start. Pretty honest horse. Almost got, its as I said, almost won its last start um, when it raced against Adios Steve on AFL Grand Final Day. Just pipped at the line there. I'm going to go with Verbeck. Lovely stuff, mate. We've gone two for two. I'm with Verbeck also. He was so, so harsh coming second by a whisker last start, like you said to Adios Steve. Really deserve the win there. He's a strong horse. He'll be up on the pace, fit enough to battle through the conditions, I think. Also want to give a little shout-out to Different Strokes. Member of the Mock Sports crew owns this one. Could potentially upsell. Uh, Harrison Reed is the owner of Different Strokes. Um, could potentially cause an upset. Uh, it's short of its ideal distance. It's first up. Probably only a chance at the place, but when you pay $31 to win, $6.50 to place, uh, happy to put some... Probably five each way for loyalty. I think, I think it places. I think it at least runs a place in the race. It's not racing against much of any talent, I don't think. Sorry to those horses out there if you're listening. But I think Verbeck is probably your best bet. But yeah, race. Verbeck for me as well as we move on to the third. Come on, let's get some mark. Uh, this one's tricky to map. Not a lot of pace in the race considering the deck they'll be on. They'll probably walk out of the gates and turn it into a sit and sprint. That'll probably neutralise a bit of the field. Uh, I do like a Bosch and have been on him the last two starts. He's just somewhat failed to fire. So... I don't know, I think I might have to jump off him. I'll take the favourite, King Frankel. It's son of Frankel, so you must respect that pedigree. Imported from the UK, absolutely spanked them by five lengths first up in the debut in Australia at Newcastle. Didn't beat much, so this is, of course, a lot harder here, but I think he has tremendous upside, and the only thing that stops him is a severe on-pace bias, I think, and him getting stuck all the way at the back. Right down in the weights, seems to have the best scope. $4 for me on King Frankel in the third. Uh, for me, Mitch, I'm going with the first of three. I'm, you're going to find out. I'm, I'm thinking Karen McAvoy is going to have a big day, especially in the middle of the card here at Randwick, Randwick on Saturday. I'm not a fan of a Karen McAvoy, so no, I hope no. it goes well for you. Oh, I am a lot more patient with him than many out there. He's not in the greatest of form, but I think he's got some pretty good rides in the middle of the card this weekend. I'm with Navajo Peak. I think it's a very good wet horse. It's raced four times on soft tracks, never finishing outside second spot. Two wins, two seconds on soft. And it has won on heavy before in three tries. It actually won its most recent start on heavy by two lengths as well with McAvoy on top. Similar, He carried similar weight that day as well. He's at $6, Navajo Peak, so a little bit more than your pick, King Frankel. But I'm going to go Navajo Peak. He's going to lead as well. We said with the rail out as far as it is, it's probably going to be a leader's day. That's why, especially, I'm going with Navajo Peak. Moving through to race four, we've got a group two, I believe. Is it group? Yes, group two. It's a 1,200 metre, and it's got three-year-olds in it. It's a young horses race. We know that. Best of Bordeaux would usually be my tip. It's one of my favourite horses. I backed it in the slipper. I was telling everyone who would listen into the slipper that it would win. Got pipped, obviously, by Fibre. We know that. I'm going to go away from it for the first time since... I backed it in the slipper. Oh, actually, I backed it the previous start, actually. But I'm going to go away from it. I'm going to go with Willinga Beast, another Karen McAvoy ride. Why? Because it excels on heavy. In five starts, it's won once and comes second twice. All on heavy tracks. I think it excels, as I said, it excels on heavy. Finished just behind a very good horse in North Star Lass, its last heavy start. 
Ran well against Zugotcha. It's last start. Finished a few lengths back, but was in the game for the majority of the race. I'm going with Willinger Beast for Chris Lees and Karen McAvoy at $5.50. Lovely. I'll be on best of Bordeaux. Should ping out of the gates, go to the front, and absolutely take the PI double five. I think he's got a class on this field. Wow. Don't hurt Buckley. $2.80 with the price. Potential leader bias. He's classier than them. And if he struggles here, you think he'll probably get retired. Coolmore do not mess around with their horses, and he's been far from, uh, far, far, far from impressive this prep. And they'll see the breeding rights in a uh, Golden Super runner-up, and they'll send him straight to stud if he's uh, not doing good with this prep, and he hasn't so far. So he might be racing for his career here, and I reckon he'll get a win to keep on racing. Well, I wouldn't hate to see it, because as I said, I do love Best of Water, one of my favourite horses, Ben Malham on board. I hope, part of me hopes he gets up, but at double the price, I think Willinger Beast is just as, if not, a better shout. Well, fair enough, as we go into the fifth here, 1,200 metres. Only easy thing about this race is the speed map, as I uh, had a long, long time trying to decide who I was going to be on here, but the speed map looks pretty simple with Expat and Sky Command, the clear leaders, with the likes of Promise of Success and Never Talk to try and charge them down from the back. Again, I'm going with a heavy leaders bias here today, and hopefully it comes to fruition, otherwise I'm pretty screwed. But um, since I think only a few horses are going to be able to get through the deck from the back, Promises success, really, really strong horse. But first up after six months, I don't think she's going to be one of them. Happy to be proven wrong. I just don't think she's going to be able to make up the ground. Like I said, only a few horses will be able to do so, and she's not one of them. Expat, though, will go right to the front, like I said. Hopefully go all the way with it. Being absolutely crying out for a bogged deck. Gets it here after the weatherman got it wrong last start, and she ended up on a good four and went no good. But now she'll get her heavy 10. Time for her to swim all the way home at $5 to win. Expat for me. I backed Expat a few times. Again, one of my favourite horses, but I backed it a few times recently. No luck, so I'm willing to go away from it. Yes, it's a good heavy horse. Yes, it'll lead, but I'm going to go away from it. I'm going to go with the horse that you just told. All the punters out there wouldn't win, and that is Promise of Success. Yes, it is six months first up, but it does love racing first up. Very, very consistent first up. And last time it was first up, it finished very close to Snapdancer, who we know is a group horse winning horse at the same distance, at similar conditions as well. So on heavy, it's good as well. Wet horser, sorry, wet tracker. I'm back and promise success. Kerry McAvoy, race three, race four, race five. I reckon he's going to get all three. And we go to race six. Thank you, Mitchell, for that little hurry along. Sorry about that. As I said, punters, I'm rough. I'm new to the game. And we go to a race six, 1,400 metre. It's a listed race. And I think the winner is going to be the top horse, Zoo Tiger, Got Ben Mellon on top. It's $2.25, so it's a pretty easy price. I don't think anything is going to really come close to it. I think it raced very, very well in the Golden Rose, finishing third at odds. It was at 51 bucks, and it ran third to Jacques Winot and in secret in the Golden Rose a couple of weeks ago. I think it's going to go really well. It's going to get to the front, and as you said about Best of Bordeaux, I think Zoo Tiger will take the PIWS. Fair enough. Um... Like you said, Zoo Tiger has that really, really good form. However, I'm going to go with a horse that we know has seen these sort of conditions and won on them, and that's Opal Ridge. Uh, About this time last month, it was the exact same conditions at Randwick. It was absolutely soaked. They almost called it off. Um, We had an absolute mare on the day. We only tipped a couple of winners. Hopefully this week's completely different. But, um, yeah, Opal Ridge has contested these conditions before, had the win. So $4.80 looks a great price for a horse that will park itself on the speed, dig in and win in the final stages, I think. Uh, so we go to race seven at the 1,800-meter mark. Quality time. I think this one will be super interesting as we have a few on the quick backup here as well as plenty of others 
who are on their last stop before the Spring Champion Stakes. I'll be straight to the point with a tip. I think Flag of Honor has been super hard done by with the market. It's run last week. Yes. No good. I did off it last week as well. It's, uh, but its run last weekend was disappointing by coming fourth. But it was far from terrible. It just got outrun in the end on the day. It just got a little bit left flat-footed. Apparently, it's uh, pulled up a treat and is ready to go again. Uh, so I don't think it should have taken a $13 increase from its price last week. I think it strips fit up or handle the deck can put them away with a late surge at $17 to win and $4.60 to place in the seventh. I don't love a lot of horses in this race and that I love very few. I don't think anything is, nothing really jumps out at me in this race, but so I am going to go with an old favorite. I'm going to go Williamsburg. It won last week. It's got great heavy form, three out of five wins on heavy. It's a wet tracker. It's got Karen McAvoy on board again. I don't know what's come over me, but I'm loving Karen McAvoy rides today. Only issue with it, it is a, it's going to start from the back, all right? Not quite a back, a back marker's back marker, but it's going to start pretty deep with a wide gate in gate number 18. But I think out of the field, Williamsburg's best bet. Just let me give a little point to one of the rougher horses in the race, Madame Odette, $18 currently, number 14 out of gate number 9. It's got Jay Ford on top. It's having its first start in New South Wales. The Queensland horse, TJ Gollan, trains it. I tell you what, it wouldn't be sending it down here if it wasn't rated a decent chance. So I think at that sort of price, you can get a pretty good little take from a Madame Odette in that race seven. All right, we skip race eight. That's the tip-off. We go straight into race nine at the 1,600 metre mark. Narrated will be the one to go forward on the speed map. Sets the pace. Wouldn't surprise me if it went all the way, if the bias is there. Polly Gray's to be respected as the favourite, the class horse off the race, clearly. It's a swimmer, so she's well-placed here. That um, I say ice pass a swimmer. I don't always believe it. Polly Gray, though, definite swimmer. Yeah, Polly Gray, she does butterfly and freestyle for fun. She'll definitely have a crack. But I'm not sure if I like it first up. She usually likes a few runs deep in the prep to really peak. Uh, so I'll take a horse that should be peaking here or should be about to peak. Also loves the conditions. The market always underrates her. Uh, Ita. Um... Sent her out at 20 bucks a couple of weeks, uh, not a couple of weeks ago, uh, a week before that, saluted. All the punters got around me. There was about 50 of those who copied me on Dabble. Uh, just shows you how good it is to be on Dabble and be able to copy our bets. Uh, yeah, massive win for Ida. Then went to AFL Grand Final Day. Uh, got blocked off in the run. Didn't really get a clean run, but had the fastest sectionals of the race. Flew home. Uh, just got too far back. If it doesn't, if it gets a clean run to the line here, I think... $18 to win, $5 to place, especially that place price. For places and you go each way here, you're getting plenty of profit anyway. So Ida, for me, in the ninth, can't jump off it until it puts in a poor run, and it just hasn't been. So Ida in the ninth. That's fair enough logic, I've got to say. As you mentioned, Polly Gray usually likes a few runs, so even though it is one of the great swimmers, I'm not going to back it. I'm going to go with number four, Honey Creeper, out of the James Cumming stable. How good is James Cumming going at the moment? Nash Rillers on top, which is good to see Nash back in some Sydney cards. I haven't seen his name around. He's been suspended. Oh, has he been suspended? First card back. There you go. Good to see him back. So he is at, they're at $8.50 right now at Sportsbet. He's a super honest horse. Pretty hot and cold on wet, but good enough to make me confident that he can do a job in this field at that price. Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, in the 10th, we'll finish off at the 1,000 metre mark. Super open races. The get out stakes always seems to be. Uh, I'm going to be there this weekend, and I'm not sure if I'm going to... It's called Get Out Stakes. No, this race isn't called the Get Out Stakes, mate. It's a saying in racing. The oh. last race at every card is the Get Out Stakes, because usually by this point, if you're an unlucky punter, you're, uh, you're down a lot, and you're going to probably put a lot on the last race to try and get out of your losses. So me. So uh, I love learning new things about horse racing every week from you, Mitchell. 
Yeah, so the Get Out Stakes here at Randwick. Like I said, I'm going to be there this weekend. Don't even know if I'm staying for this one. It's a bit of a snooze fest. Oh, you've got to stay for all of them. What? Um, That'd be one of those punters, man. You Devil's, should be first. Devil's Triangle. Uh, super honest, consistent all the same. Can see it running a big race here considering it loves the wet decks. Does her best work on the heavy. Usually loves a fresh run. And I think, like I said, not a lot of backmarkers will be able to get the job done today. But I think Devil's Triangle is one. As long as she doesn't give them a huge start. As long as she's within uh, the kill zone going in the final 400, she could run over the top of them. Um, I think six dollars fifty to win, two dollars forty seems a decent price for Devil's Triangle. Yeah, I like the same, mate. We started with the same horse, we're finishing with the same horse, mate. It's a wet tracker. I just, like you said, it likes to run from the back, but it's got some pretty good speed coming down the straight, and I think it can do a job in the get out stakes. Apparently, we call it in racing. Racing out of gate eleven, one of the bottom weights carrying fifty four kilos. Feel the night with Rachel King is a similar, similarly good horse, fresh. But I'm happy to go alongside you at Devil's Triangle in race 10. Lovely stuff. We'll That's go, hot. We'll One go, of my favourite jockeys as well. We'll go straight into the great tip-off now. Uh, you're absolutely smashing me now that you had the uh, Smoke and Romans win. You're up oh, near the top. We're embarrassing you, boy. Me and Dad, we are just all over you, aren't we, Mitch? Yeah, I'm going to climb back this week. I I'm feel stopping. it. I'm going to climb back up the leaderboard. Yeah, uh, considering that some of my tips are somewhat short, I don't think I'll get all the way there, but I'm definitely going to start chipping in. Uh, if you pull up race eight at Randwick, we'll start with the Silver Eagle, as most of the Group 1 action is down in Melbourne this week. We'll finish off with them. But taking it to the field, punters, we've got Converge, who's double nominated for Melbourne, so I think it probably goes down there for the dry track. But if it raises here, you'll have Converge to have the top weight. Mr. Mozart, the favourite, Startantes, Villana, Kiss Some, Flying Crazy, Ranch Hand, Brigantine, Lock Eagle, Mince Moment, Maurice's Madad, Waterford, Lavish Girl, Espiona, Cota Hille, Ton of Crit, Global Ospread, and Stray rounds out the field at a pretty price of $151. My goodness gracious me. But um, let's not face it, value will. You've had a look through this race. It's at the 1,300-metre mark. It's the key lead into the Golden Eagle in a few weeks' time at Rose Hill, which we'll both be attending as well. I'll be there, yes. Come and see me. Just your thoughts on a face value on the race. What are you thinking? Waterford seems the obvious one. I'll be honest. It seems the obvious combo with CJ Waller train, Tommy Berry on top. But I, I have conflicted feelings with Espiona. I've backed it for a win before. I've backed it for some heavy losses, let me tell you. It's racing a lot of group horses, sorry, in a lot of group races before, so it's got experience against some good horses in some big races, and I think, despite being in a wide gate, gate 17, it's got Brett Pebble, one of the great veteran jockeys in Australia, on top, and I think it can get a job done. It's flying under the radar. It came in with a lot of wraps, didn't present, didn't get the results we thought we would see too early. I think right now, Silver Eagle, it can get a big scalp here. This Saturday over Waterford, who was also a pretty good tip. So I'm going with Espiona. Fair enough. Uh, one Please. Quick, one quick question. Espiona, boy or girl? Uh, do I keep saying boy? I, I think it's a girl. You said earlier it's a girl. Yes, she's a girl. I remember. You said she's a, a female. Yeah, but um, I mean, just... I'm 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 freeborn here. So free is, here. so is Hinged, by the way. You said he earlier with Hinge as well. And do you think Fangirl's a boy? Come on. I am... With a name like Fangirl. Come on, mate. I'm like, it's just rhetoric. Like, come on, don't. All right. Come I'm on. not scared off by the wide barrier. It's Waterford for me. I'm going to be on it. I know a hell of a lot that Nick would be on it, and I'm pretty sure he will be on it when he uh, 
sends me the, his group one tips these way. Remember, Nick's tips will be up on our Instagram at the Mock Sports. Make sure to check out there if you want your Nick's tip fixed. They'll also be up on Dabble. Make sure to follow us there as well. But uh, Waterford, gee, impressive, impressive horse. Like, we love the form on this podcast. It is fixed that part. Waterford has won two very impressive starts. It's produced a multitude of winners coming behind it as well. Uh, it just... It's one of those back markers that's going to make up the ground. It absolutely eats the ground. It will jump out of its skin the last 400. It'll fly past them. Serious horse. Both Nick and I are on it at over $30 for the Golden Eagle. It'll stamp its chances here. I think $8.50 is overs for Waterford. Uh, the only thing that'll kill it is, like I said, maybe a heavy leader's bias and the fact that it won't get through the ground. But, I mean, it's seen heavy. It's one on heavy. It's seen soft. It's one on soft. It's undefeated in the wet. I think he keeps that undefeated form here. Uh, $8.50 to win, $2.90 to place Waterford for me in the Silver Eagle. As, like I said, we now move down to Caulfield and we'll go through the uh, group ones down there. And we start with the race seven at the 2,000 metre mark, the Might and Power Stakes, or the Caulfield Stakes if you're a traditionalist. Um, capacity field at eight single horses, all looking to be headed to either the Caulfield Cup or the Cox Plate. Stack, stack race, you've got... Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, and Mo Unga, coupled with Animo heading to the Cox Plate later this spring, and then Nonconformist and Bono looking for a Caulfield Cup start after a strong performance. There's a reason why most of the Group 1s lately in Melbourne have these sort of hordes. Like this, this, I feel like I've looked at the form for this field of races many, many times. Is there a reason for that? Uh, well, I mean, they're all just key leadings. Grand final race. I told you, we've got six horses here that the grand final is the Cox Plate. So these are all key stayers lead-ins to the Cox Plate. Same with the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup, such as Nonconformist and Bonneau. So these horses will probably be looking to back up in a week's time in the Caulfield Cup, and they're getting one final run under the guts here to try and get that fitness. Then they'll probably be trying to get into the Melbourne Cup if they get a spot in that coveted race. Just saying, Adamo and Zaki could race the Melbourne Cup. No, like I said, they're going to the Cox Plate. Right. Who Cox could be in the Melbourne Cup? Final. Nonconformist and Bonneau are the ones headed for the Cups. But, I mean, this is an interesting one, Will. We saw most of this field go head-to-head a couple of weeks ago at Sandown on the Sunday, and, gee, yeah, Alligator Blood boil over. Yeah, of course. There was one horse yeah, and that, one that. massive horse that wasn't there. Uh, Alligator Blood put the pace on. Zaki didn't. Zaki crumbled. Alligator Blood went all the way. On a thunderstruck. Yeah, Zaki does that quite a bit. And I think it's going to happen again here today, personally. I, don't think, I think Zaki is just a horse that you can't be on. Zaki is one of those horses that's much better to watch go around and as a horse racing fan go, shit, that was a good run. But if you're on him, he's let you down so many times at the barest of odds. He's gone down at under $2 odds that many times. Finally, he goes up at a reasonable price of $4.80, but I'm willing to watch him go around and do another super run and go, yeah, he's a good horse, but he won't have my money. Uh, Alligator Blood, arch. He was up to the 1,800 metres. He has the scope to go on to what, the 2,000 metres. But again, I just think he gets outrun to the line here for horses that are bred to stay. Mr. Brightside probably overs at $16. But, I mean, again, a horse that's never really seen this far. Don't know if I'm able to trust it. Moonga, one that I can respect. The odds are $12. Animo uh, is the big talking point here. Pulled up lame after that piss take. That was the George Main Stakes was lame and still absolutely smashed it in. He is the number one seed going into the Cox Plate, and he will probably stamp his authority on the field here 
at $2.30. Punters, I reckon if you want to back him, do so now. He'll probably come in and start shorter on the day. Won't get to below 2 bucks though, will he? Don't know. Have him in a multi because I'm not going on him for the win. I'm going to go if I'm Thunderstruck. Big, big, big call. I'm Thunderstruck is going to bounce back, I think. Won the Maccabi Diva Stakes from the Barrier 1. That's the race he caught Alligator Blood. Yes, he caught Alligator Blood that day. He gets the first Barrier here and allows him to go on the pace instead of all the way to the back. He won't be right up on the leader's tails, but he'll be able to settle in the midfield. What let him down last start was he was out-sprinted by the peep, um, the horses up front, and they took away with it. He didn't be able to get carted into the race with the small field, slow tempo. It'll be now eight horses strong, setting a set, solid tempo, going into that straight, and he'll be able to use that momentum to go past them. $6.50 to win, $1.90 to place. Odds that you won't see for this horse very often. And honestly... I'm going to have to take them. If it was at a shorter price, I'd probably be on Animo, but you won't see $6.50 from Thunderstruck very often going forward in its career, I think. So that's going to have to be my tip, but I'm happy to be wrong and see Animo win another strong race like we all know he's capable of. Do you think Mark Zara might have a bit of jet lag after coming back from France I mean, it's his last ride of Very Elegant? It's all factors into it, but Thunderstruck for me, mate. What are you thinking? Well, I looked at the field, I saw the prices, I looked at Animo and went, $2.20, $2.30 sort of price. Wow, that's short, especially against this sort of field. But I had a look. We said it, I said at the front of the podcast that probably my main factor when it comes to picking a horse is distance. You look at some of the, these gun horses at the distance. I'm Thunderstruck. Never won in at the distance. Only had one start at the 2,000-meter mark. Mr. Brightside, never raced at the distance. Alligator Blood, never raced at the distance. Mwanga has, has won there before. Good horse. Non-conformance has as well. Yeah, forget him. I'd love to see it win a big race at odds, but I don't think it's going to be this one. Benno, forget that, not winning. And then Zaki, consistent at the distance. But as we went over, can really let the punters down. I am with Animo. I think it's going to stand as authority on the Cox Plate race, like you said. J-Mac on top, down in Melbourne this weekend, punters. With James Cummings, what a combo. I think Animo is going to get the win. What a horse. Watch it fly. Yeah, fair enough. J-Mac in Melbourne this week's big. He's been taken down by the Dolphin crew. He's on all, almost all of their horses. He's there to ride the, the Paul Laleys, the uh, Golden Miles, the Animos. Hello. Um, yes. It's going to be a big, big day for Godolphin in Melbourne. But uh, we move to race nine at Caulfield. Um, Truck Handicap, I'm going to go through this one quicker because it's seems pretty obvious on paper the sort of horses you want to be with, but... Uh, course on Mav, Converge, Dallas and Laura of Indices, I Wish I Win is your favourite. Halal, Buffalo River, Tuvalu, Gentleman Roy, Banker's Choice, Military Expert, No Name Lane, Pinstripe, Character, Uncle Bryn, and Winning Partner. It's at the 1600 metre mark, and I'll be straight to the point with this one. I think I Wish I Win will be too good for them. Usually I would say Converge at $31 is a ridiculous price, and it is. I'd respect a bet on it, but it seems to have fallen off the map. Would love to see it peak here. Get back on its good track and absolutely smash it in at those odds. Tim Clark goes down specifically to ride it and Alligator Blood. So, would love to see it, but I think I wish I win. It's uh, the hot new thing on the scene coming over from New Zealand and showing these Aussie boys how it's done. Um, hopefully it continues. I don't think it's as good as everyone says it is, but I still think it's good enough to get it done here at $2.70. Um, I wish I win in the two rack. Like... You said, hottest thing 
since sliced bread, I wish I went. That can sometimes be dangerous for punting, I think. So I'm going to head towards a horse that's at a bit better odds in the middle of the field. Number nine, Gentleman Roy, with Jai McNeil on top. One of the most honest horses going around. You look at its numbers, 13 starts, 7 wins, 3 seconds and a third. Race, it has a Group 3 win under its belt. Obviously, it's a big setup to Grace one, Group 1 racing, but I think Gentleman Roy can knock off. I wish I win. I wish I win. It probably wins. I mean, it probably wins, no doubt. But it just feels to me like there could be an upset coming with so many good horses in this race. Tuvalu's another one, one of my very favourite horses. Jared Fry could get his first group one. Don't think he will. He's got gate one. Don't think he'll get this one just yet. Maybe taking a few more big group races for him. One horse at odds that I do really like, though, that could steal it is Uncle Bryn in gate number five for Daniel Moore. He's at 52 kilos, I believe. One of the most bottom weight horses. I think the second most bottom weight race horse in the race. The reason I like this so well is because at the distance, very, very consistent. Two wins from, well, not, not consistent, but showing like it's race as well at the distance it's at. Two wins from four starts, but why I like it? Beaten its last start by Smoking Romans, who won the group one last week that I really liked, that won at good odds. So I'm thinking that's really good form. Reads well. Uncle Bryn could be one that could steal it. Currently, I think it's around $15 odds you can get on Sportsbet. But I'm with Gen- so I'm with Gentleman Roy at $9 or Uncle Bryn. I wish I win. Will not win. There you go. Fair enough. Big call there. Now we move on to the main event of the day. Race 8 at Caulfield over the mile. The three-year-olds go around in the Caulfield Guineas. This time last year, Animo was winning. This is the main event? Uh, yeah. Really? Caulfield Guineas. It's a historic race, mate. Uh, open the history books. Very, very big race down in Melbourne. It's, you know, the three-year-olds, they go from this on to make bigger and better things. Uh, like we said, Animo last year, he went on to then go into the Cox Plate and almost win it. Uh, other horses from that race, I think, went on to run in the Melbourne Cup. In, if not, the uh, the um, the Derby. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. sorry. The, they usually target the Derby after this, and then if they do well in the Derby, they go to the Melbourne Cup. But... Here's, here's to say where they go after this. It's always a dartboard with the three-year-olds, but historic race, and we'll go through it. Tijuana, Berkeley Square, Golden Mile, Mullane, Bank Moir, sorry, whoa, Fajita Sun, Meredith, Skyfios, Osipenko, Amenable, Elkington Road, Sir Bailey, Elliptical, Leaf Thoughts, The Fortune Teller, Dashing at $126. Uh, that's a black book on mine, jeez. What's um, Angry Skies. What's a black book on mine? Dashing. Uh... Muramasa, geez, if that got up at $126, I'll be sore that I'm not on it. Because I'm, uh, I'm not on it. Same with Ozipenko at $23, $5.50. I think it's the roughier the race. Ozipenko, I think it will go really well if it gets covered from that wide barrier. But um, sorry, might be obvious pick again, but I'm on the favourite Golden Mile. I think Sydney form is the form. Absolutely spanked them in the Ming Dynasty before going to the Golden Rose. Was fourth, very impressively behind In Secret and Jack and No. Uh, like I said, J-Mac goes down specifically to ride this horse along with... Um, Animo, so if it gets Jama out of Sydney, it's good enough for me. Heavy favourite now that uh, after Cabin's out of this race, I think. Why is after Cabin out? I was really excited. Yeah, pull, pulled up injured. Oh, um, what a shame. Bled through the nose, I think. Oh, gross. Um, if not, just copped an injury. But, uh, yeah, Golden Mile for me in the Caulfield Guineas. I think it wins here. Potentially goes on one other start, if not uh, spells as a Caulfield Guineas winner. But... The all-blue one last year with Animo. I think the all-blue wins this year with uh, Golden Mile. I'm going to go against the all-blue. 
because I like Berkeley Square. I think the winner of this race is going to come from either horse one, two, or three. I'm not prepared to go with T1 at the top. I'm going to go with Berkeley Square head-to-head with Golden Mile. It's a great horse. Two in a row, it's one. Golden Mile, obviously, has a Sydney form. Got J-Mac on board. Looks really good. But I'm back at an upset at double the odds, Berkeley Square. With Craig Williams on top, Golden Mile's travelling down. It's expecting to come down and take their money. But I think the Victorian Berkeley Square is going to hit back and show Golden Mile what's made of. I'm back in Berkeley Square. Fair enough. All right, that concludes the great tip-off. We'll quickly go through our quarter and around the grounds tip since we're running a bit long, punters. Um, That's all right. It's a special occasion. Uh, so around the grounds for me, Jimmy the Bear in the second at Caulfield, $8.50, $2.80 to play. Super consistent horse, knows how to get the job done. Then same goes for Troach in the third at Caulfield, $7.50 to win, $2.50 to place. Uh, they're both really strong horses. Uh, they already have wins this prep. They just know how to get it done. I think they'll be in the finish placing, if not winning, and that's good odds to be having it each way at $8.50 and $7.50 respectively. Um, and then, like I said, J-Mac goes down to ride this horse Specifically, uh, Paul Ailey, short at $2.70, but gee, loves the bigger tracks here. Was disappointing first up at Mooney Valley, but didn't really get clear, didn't like the, the small track. Uh, but yeah, I reckon wins here, then gets announced as the deserved spot for Godolphin in the Everest. So I reckon wins here, backs up a week later in the Everest, and hopefully goes well there, but it needs to get the win here first. $2.70, and that uh, concludes my Around the Grounds tips. Uh, not a lot for me this week, like I said, going through it nice and quick. So, Will, I know you love a bit of Melbourne, so quickly go through all of your around-the-grounds tips for the punters. I do love Melbourne racing. I like to think of myself as much more of a Melbourne specialist than Sydney. But, unfortunately, I mean, it's only in the middle of the week. I don't really know what the weather's going to be like in Melbourne come Saturday. So I'm going to wait till later in the week to do a full set of Melbourne form. All right? I'm not going to put it together just yet. So I'm going to try and keep it short. I'm going to head to Eagle Farm and Morphville for a horse each in race number six at Eagle Farm, it's the Queensland Cup over 2,400 metres. There's a horse called Mohican Heights with Samantha Collett on top. It's the CJ Waller horse. It's currently the favourite. It's a very good stayer. It's got form around Sydney stayers such as Cadred, Du Noir and Grove Ferry. Likes the distance. Likes four, It's fourth up and it has a win at fourth up as well. It's pretty. I think it's going to be the best horse in the race, and I think it can get a win as the favourite. And then I go to Morfittville, we go to the best race, or one of the best races there of the day, a BM82, 1,200 metre in race seven. I'm going to go with number eight, Hidden Legend, out of Gibari number one with Todd Panel on top, a Will Clarkin horse. This was my tip for the Balaclava Cup. Got back a bit, couldn't present down the middle in that 1,600 metre listed race, but I think it hits back here against... Far less impressive opposition, and I think it can get a job done. It'll probably be a bit wet in Adelaide, just a little bit of the track, and it goes pretty well on wet tracks. I think it can do a job at $7.50. So you multi those two together. It's Mohican Heights in the Queensland Cup at Eagle Farm, and then Hidden Legend in Race 7 at Morphville. I reckon you get some pretty decent odds there. So have a crack. Fair enough. That's our around the ground tip. And of course, we finish off with the quad. He didn't get it last week because uh, no compromise for the party. We did Love not have that. that. The quaddy was very sore to miss out on that because I was thinking about putting in the quaddy. Didn't in the end. Silly. Very, very good run. Uh, so, yeah, disappointing, but that's racing. We go one leg out in the quaddy yet again. We've got one quaddy so far this um, spring. It's race eight. 
so we're one from seven so far. But, I mean, that's exactly what happened last spring. And then autumn came around and we dominated the quaddies. It's quite interesting. Quaddies are usually quite hard to get, especially when we're only going four in the each leg. But we go in race seven at Randwick, Flag of Honor, Williamsburg, Madame Odette, Manzois, race eight for the Silver Eagle, Waterford, Espiona, Mr. Mozart, and Lock Eagle. In race nine, we go Polly Gray, Ita, Honey Creeper, and Narrated. And then in race 10, to finish off, we've got Never Standing Still, Devil's Triangle, Field the Night, and Classy JB. $50, as always, punters, gets you 19.25% in the quaddy. Hopefully that gets up, and we've chucked plenty of value in there. So hopefully a lot of value gets up, pays a lot of money, and we provide you with quite the dividend. But, uh, Will, thank you for joining me here. Um, it's time to sign off and say goodbye to the punters. We don't know if they'll ever see you again. Hope oh, I hope so. Hope Have you had fun? Oh, I've had a great time. It actually only took us one take as well. We had a little blemish at the start, but after that, we got all the way through it. So not much editing for you this week, Mitchell. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. I hope you have me back one day. And go punters. Yes, punters. Make sure to let us know some feedback. Let us know if you liked Will. Maybe he can get a weekly segment. He definitely won't be on the round table each week like he seems to want to, but he might join us for the once-off, you know, maybe some what, bonus episodes. Like 10 out of 10. Really might, sweet. might get him on at Magic Millions. Might get him on for, you know, uh, a big round table talk about futures in the a uh, few months' time for autumn. Who knows? But we might get him on, uh, for, you know, little special pop-ups, but might have a segment the future is your oyster, William, if the punters really, really get around you. So please give us some feedback. How did Will go on his first go on the Quaddy Potty? But um, like always, if you're gambling this week, please do it responsibly. And if you haven't already, follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud if you're listening there. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a subscribe. Make sure on all platforms, though, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us really puts us uh, out there in other people's ears, and we're very close. We have that close punters to getting on the charts, and we really want to by the end of the spring. It would be a massive achievement for both Nick and I. So uh, if you can do that, that would mean the world to us. So the more you support us, the bigger we will grow, and we love you for it, punters. So that's been the Potty Potty this week. We will be back next week, this time with regular host Nick Highland, where we go through all the contenders and pretenders for the Everest and the Caulfield Cup. But until then, signing off for now.